It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Points Podcast and the 2021 Franchise Focus Series as we continue to maneuver all around the NFL to break down all 32 teams as we head into training camp and the preseason. There's going to be some bleed over into training camp with this series, but you are rest assured you are going to get all the information you could possibly want up at FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan. I'm with Grant Barfield and Tom Brawley today, and the guys have been helping me break down all these teams, but I want everybody to know, in case you didn't, there is a much, much longer companion piece to this podcast up on the website with, I mean, just everything you could possibly want to know about a team for fantasy. Um, with Wes Huber scheme notes, key stats from Graham, Scott Barrett's strength of schedule, Tom and I are doing player profiles, John Hansen's getting his final points in there. I mean, it's just a, a ridiculous amount of content. Um, I, I was just talking to the guys off air. Um, I think we... Uh, bit off more than we can chew because we didn't we should have started them earlier and now we're like scrambling to get them done because we're so busy but rest assured this is going to be the centerpiece of all of our off-season content here for July and August and obviously over the next six seven weeks that is where the money is made for fantasy Um, and I hope you guys subscribe to the website to make sure you get all that content today we're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders yeah you gotta you got you gotta do the the uh the the Berman the <laughs> that's, who that's who we're talking about today. We're talking about the. Imagine and... somebody just like tunes in for this like five seconds and just hear this freaking grunting. They skipped ahead ninety seconds and all you hear is going. Well, I'm sure John Gruden loves the Berman grunt of Raiders. It's a I can see Gruden just sitting there saying, "Yeah, man, that's right." We're the and, but anyway, <laughs> the Raiders are just a fascinating team because I think nobody thinks they're very good. Nobody thinks they stink. And the question is, are they going to go in either direction any one of these seasons? And, you know, I'm looking at the season win total here, Tom. It's seven. Minus 118 to the over, minus 105 to the under. That actually fell from seven and a half, so there's a little bit of juice to the over there. The AFC West, plus 2,000 to win, plus 340 to make the playoffs, plus 3,300 to win the AFC, plus 6,600 to win the Super Bowl. Um, and unfortunately for they are stuck in a tough division. And Tom, I mean, I wonder if there's in any way some Aaron Rodgers stuff built in here in case Denver trades for Rodgers. But this is a team who the who it looks like the markets are viewing as exceptionally mediocre. Yeah, it's been a weird off season for them. It was kind of they've they just have the Gruden era has been kind of weird. You know, I, I think he's done a way better job than anybody anticipated. Uh, the, the coaching aspect to get the yeah. most out of his offenses, but. I mean, the moves that they make every offseason, it's like a self-sabotage. And, you know, the the offensive line, they trade away, you know, Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, and 
uh, Gabe Jackson for, you know, basically day three picks and all, all the scenarios there. I think Rodney Hudson was for a uh, round three pick, but um, just a weird Kenyon Drake contract, you know, to essentially be uh, like the 1B behind Josh Jacobs. You know, they use a pick on Josh Jacobs and don't really use him in the passing situations. So uh, just a lot of bizarre moves and uh, a team that has – you know, seemingly regressed in the AFC West this offseason compared to the likes of the Chiefs who, you know, really upgraded their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, Denver's getting healthy again. They, you know, they had a bunch of uh, injuries to some, you know, Vaughn Miller and Cortland Sutton last year. And, you know, the Chargers are a team that's kind of up and coming. We'll touch on them tomorrow. But yeah. um, it's just a, a team that takes a couple steps back every offseason. They always do these first-round picks that everybody has you know, is scratching their head, heads about. So, um, yeah, they take a couple steps back in the offseason, and then they kind of overperform in the regular season once, you know, Gruden actually uh, gets to coach these guys up. So it's just a weird franchise, and they just can't really get out of their own way. Yeah. I kind of look at it, Graham, as kind of like a less explosive version of what happened with Bill O'Brien in Houston. And because oh, you yeah. look at the moves that O'Brien made, like the trade of DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, alienating the team's best players. Um, but on the field, I thought O'Brien did a nice job with like play calling and, you know, uh, you can, you can nitpick a lot of things, but O'Brien did win games. Uh, Gruden isn't winning as much as O'Brien, but I don't think he's also nuking the, the the morale of the franchise as much as he did. It just they just kind of feel to be stuck in that weird purgatory ground. Yeah, they are, and it, like Tom said, they they make these moves where it's just like you know giving Kenyon Drake nearly fifteen million dollars and like twelve million guaranteed. That's like the same deal Melvin Gordon got uh, last year to go be with the Broncos, and uh, you know it's just bizarre. Like they just you know they'll they'll make these really boneheaded moves like that. And then they strike gold, like with Darren Waller. I mean, they, they bought so low. If you go look at the tight end contracts, like go to over the cap, after you listen to this podcast, go to over cap and check out the tight end contracts and look at the deal. They got Darren Waller on. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. They timed that perfectly. They brought in Nelson. Yep. Yep. They brought in Nelson Aguilar in a league minimum deal. I love the John Brown deal too. Like they got him for like two and a half, three million, another field stretcher who can still play. And then, yeah, you mix in the Kenyon Drake moves, you mix in their mixed bag of draft picks. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's a bizarre amalgamation of talent. But by and large, I mean, the Raiders last year were top eight in points scored per drive. Their biggest problem, once again, was their defense. And I I think that's probably going to be their catalyst, once again, is that defense. Well, let's talk fantasy now, and I want to talk about the biggest story. Guys, again, if you've been following these podcasts, we've been kind of honing in on just one or two things from each team for fantasy. Again, if you go to the website and read the article at fantasypoints.com, we break down every player we have projected with like a with like a, a paragraph write-up, so you know exactly how we feel about these players. Uh, the, the story for me, Tom, is the backfield. Um, uh Josh Jacobs has been, you know, he's one of those players, if you go and you look at the numbers overall, compared to, like, how it felt to have him on a fantasy team, you look at the numbers and you're like, man, you know, he's got 2,200 rushing yards and 19 touchdowns in two seasons. He he scored 12 rushing touchdowns this season. He's gone over 1,000 yards in each of his first two seasons rushing. But there just seems to be something missing. 
We know it's been the receiving aspect, which is a huge surprise to me, and I think to you, Graham, as well, because he was a good receiver coming out of Alabama, uh, being charted with, with yards created. And then they go out, Tom, and they sign Kenyon Drake, and I'll be honest, the only Raider running back I've been investing in at an ADP of five to six rounds cheaper than Josh Jacobs is Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I, I love your stat that you always cite, Joe. I, I I always have to go back into the pro football reference splits to make sure it's true. But, you know, Josh Jacobs has seen one target on a third down snap, you know, his entire career over two years now. Uh, it's just he has no absolutely zero role on third downs in passing situations. And it's not going to change now. I mean, uh, Kenyon yeah. Drake, he was used you know, bizarrely by, you know, in Arizona last year, uh, you know, he was a very successful, you know, passing back. Uh, even, you know, the, the eight games that he played with the Cardinals in 2019, and then you go back to 2018-19 with the Dolphins there, uh, that 32-game stretch, you know, he was a very good receiver, and he just did not have a role uh, in the passing game last year for the Cardinals. But uh, he would seemingly be their guy in those situations this year, and uh, they're going to work him in and, diff- you know, probably in some early down situations. I, I kind of almost view Kenyon Drake kind of like a Kareem Hunt coming into this year. Um, and you can get him four rounds later. I think he's going to be kind of the handcuff uh, if something would happen to Josh Jacobs. And, you know, we've seen him play through some injuries and uh, get nicked up a bunch. So, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't I haven't drafted a lot of Kareem Hunt, but I, I've kind of been going after Kenyon Drake, you know, four or five rounds later because I feel like they have a lot of similarities. But uh, you know, the Josh Jacobs situation, he's he's going to be very game you know game script dependent, uh, all touchdown dependent. Uh, I broke down his games last year. You know, when he scored a touchdown, he averaged twenty two point four fantasy points per game in the, in those seven games and. Uh, when he failed to find the end zone, eight, eight, eight of those games, uh, under 10 points. It was 9.6 yeah. fantasy points per game. So he's he's yeah. a touchdown or bust type of guy, and that's probably not going to really change this season uh, with Kenyon Drake coming in to take the passing game work. Yeah, well, t- and, and Graham, how are you handling this? Because um, it, it's just it's just one of the most fascinating situations. Um, I, it, like, I, I can't remember assigning just nuking fantasy value for somebody so much, and it was a surprise signing. Yeah, it was. And, and to Tom's point, Jacobs has been not only just touchdowns uh, dependent, but game script dependent. Like in the Raiders' wins, he, that's where all of his touchdowns have come from. So uh, Jacobs has 19 career touchdowns. 17 of those have come and Raiders wins. Um, you know, I still think Jacobs is going to be the goal line back and, and most likely like their short yardage back. But yeah, man, I mean, the ceiling wasn't great for Jacobs to begin with. I mean, he was a late first, early second round pick last year, only ended up scoring as a top 12 running back and weekly scoring four times last season. And, and like you mentioned, uh, Tom, too, you know, the, the third down usage has been bad. And now he's got to, you know, com- compete with a, a better running back than Devontae Booker for early down carries. And we already know that the the passing down role is dust. I mean, I think fourth round is a fair price. Fourth, fifth round yeah. where he's going is a fair price, but it's it's really tough to pay it when there's so – I feel like this has just been like a running theme of all these pods, but there's so many receivers to like in that range. Yeah, uh, Tom, it's also uh, interesting about the goal line. Where, I mean, Drake was very good in that area last year. He scored 10 rushing yeah. touchdowns, so – I mean, I would think Jacobs has the leg up there, but it's not like an absolute. It's not guaranteed. Dunk. 
Yeah, it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, Tom, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Jacobs, now here's an interesting question because Graham said the price is fair. And I, I, I agree. It's just, you know, he's been going where I think there's a lot more appealing wide receiver kind of options. But here's a question based on news that uh, we had pop up this week. Who would you rather have, Tom, straight up? Josh Jacobs or Daryl Henderson? Uh, I'll be going Henderson. I mean, we'll see how it all plays out in camp. We'll see uh, uh, if they make any moves here in the next couple of weeks. But I do think they'll bring in a back in Henderson. Uh, I'm sure Scott and Graham will really get into that situation next week. But uh, I I, I lean towards Henderson. It's going to be the better offense. I think he's, you know, he's better positioned to potentially play on three downs. We're not going to get that with Jacobs. And uh, as Graham said, it's, He's so game script dependent, and you look at the Raider. We talked about their win total at the beginning of the pod. It's seven wins. They're one of the six or seven worst teams in the league. They're going to be playing from behind in a lot of a lot more games than they're playing from ahead. So uh, you add it all up, and it's it's not a situation I I have not gotten involved with Josh Jacobs, you know, basically at all in my uh, draft so far this summer. Yeah. I think I auto picked him one, which is just, <laughs> which is just, which is just an awful. I mean, it's not you know he's going to be a productive player, but I yeah, mean, I, but just empty production is, is is the way I view it. Yeah, there's one guy who's worse to get auto drafted, and that's James Robinson. That's the guy who's yeah. uh, who's the worst. That right ADP now. still hasn't corrected. He's still nope. there. <laughs> yeah, he's still in there. Now we got to worry about the Cam Akers ADP. Uh, oh, does any yeah. team have? A later wide receiver one being drafted than the Raiders, the Patriots maybe. I was gonna say Patriots, Patriots maybe. or Jets. Uh, Jets, Corey Davis. No, Jets probably. probably I think like Corey yeah. Davis and more yeah. are going. But uh, yeah, you might. It might be right with the Patriots. Henry Ruggs, by the way, wide receiver fifty-eight. He's the first wide receiver off the board here for the Raiders. Uh, I just think people look at the offense last year, uh, Graham, and just see man. Carr actually played pretty well, but they yeah. just really mixed that ball around to the receivers. The number one receiver is is yeah. who's a yeah. second round pick, but yeah, wide receiver fifty eight is their first receiver. Henry Ruggs caught just twenty six passes last year. Yeah, I need to look back into this. I pulled it up in the middle of the year, like um, uh, with our with our uh, guys at SIS, and they have a really cool like splits table. So I'll go back and and pull this up. But the offense totally changed when Ruggs was off the field. I mean, Derek Carr was throwing deeper. The passing offense was more efficient. And it's kind of like that old adage that is mostly a cliche, but there's definitely some truth to it that, like, these field stretchers, even if they're only catching three or four balls per game, they definitely open everything else right. up for everybody. And that was true certainly with the Raiders last year when I looked into it, like, late, late, middle to late in the year. Uh, but, yeah, Darren Waller is the wide receiver one. Um, Walther saw 28% of the team's targets last year, guys. That was better than Andrews. That was better than Kelsey. I mean, that's like Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins level usage. And I have been, I think my biggest mistake by far last year was not being in on Waller in like the fifth and sixth round. And I have corrected that this year. Anytime I have like that late second, early third round pick, Waller is usually at the top of my queue. Yeah. I I, I, I need to invest in him. Yeah. I made the same mistake last year too. I, I, you know, just seeing them go so wide receiver, wide receiver heavy in yep. the draft and going to get yep. Aguilar, I'm like, ah, oh, they're they're going to try to, you know, you know, lessen his role a little bit, and it was the complete opposite. And, um, you know, he was essentially used like a wide receiver last year. He was, uh, you know, he was the second most perimeter snap, uh, perimeter routes behind only Travis Kelsey at the position. So, uh, you know, he's basically a, a big X receiver for them. They'll they'll move him all over the field, and as they should. I mean, he's 
you know, certainly prove that he can play anywhere in the field. And, um, you know, he was, he was a league winner at the end of last year. I mean, just an unbelievable stretch at the end of the year. Uh, you know, averaging 26.7 uh, fantasy points per game in the final five weeks. Uh, yeah, he was he was an auto bet for me as well with all his receiving yards every week towards the end of the season. Uh, yep. They really started to heat up him and Derek Carr. And, um, you know, all signs are pointing towards it again. You know, no major upgrades at receiver. They're, they're going to go, go into this season again, giving these young receivers, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, a, a chance to emerge. They certainly didn't do it last year. Uh, we, we, we all love John Brown. He's kind of undervalued every year, but, you know, he, he has tended to have issues at times with, uh, you know, lower body injuries, and um, he can you know, sometimes miss some time. So um, it, it's Darren Waller. This, this whole passing game is just revolving around him. Yeah. All right, guys, that'll wrap up the Las Vegas Raiders, who, quite frankly, are not all that interesting for fantasy. It's it's Waller and a bunch of guys. Uh, I've been investing in Kenyon Drake. I've been dabbling in the wide receivers late, but, I mean, there's a lot of questions here with Vegas. So, we're going to get to their division rivals, the Chargers, tomorrow. I hope you check out the article up at FantasyPoints.com, which releases the same day as this podcast. Follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Follow Tom at Tom Brawley. Maybe, maybe Tom and I this weekend will we'll have, we'll have a picture or two to post up there oh. on Twitter. Uh, we're both Look, in a wedding. dapper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tom, Tom, maybe, maybe we'll recreate your famous wedding picture. With <laughs> a, a cigar in my mouth. And... <laughs> with with a bat. I, was... I don't have the hair anymore, though, Joe. It's, it's, I'm a no. clean-cut guy now. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm losing my hair, so we'll, we'll we'll I have to go get a haircut, and we'll we'll see what's going on. I need to get we need to get a Keeps sponsorship. That and Metamucil. There we go. Sponsor we're good. Metamucil. We need to get. <laughs> if Metamucil doesn't come through, that's what we're going. Yeah. With. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but yeah, Tom, you, that was a backwoods in your mouth, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I was smoking some backwoods uh, last weekend. My buddy, uh, he'll always bust those out. So uh, we were. Doing oh man, that's just backwards. high quality cigar, man. Exactly. Like four bucks I only station. reach for the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, the vanilla. Oh man, that that that's uh, honey berry. Honey right. berry is the, uh, the the our go to. But <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a vanilla type. But nah. oh, maybe I might have to buy a pack for this weekend. Anyway, oh, boy. F- follow the site on Twitter at Fantasy PTS. This has been another edition of the Franchise Focus series. We'll be back with the Chargers tomorrow. Hope you listen in. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.